heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Yes, yes, yes. It is me. It is me. Like Eric Bischoff in the WWE, I am back. Um, It's just me riding solo today. Um, I have a lot of stuff going on, like... My garage band decided not to work, so I'm recording from my iPhone. I haven't done that since Britain uh, was on episode one. Um, but no, it's just me today, unfortunately, just because um, life gets in the way sometimes, and Phil and I couldn't get a date arranged where we were both free to record, so I told him, look, as much as I like recording with you, I, I want to get an episode out there for you, the viewers. I don't I don't know how many people listen to this, but you know what? I had to get a viewer out there, a viewer, you know what? I had to get like I had to get people watching. You know what? I'm watching, listening. Oh my god, I'm fucking up really hard today. Sorry, but there's a lot of news to cover. Like, for example, since the season ended, we have the new CBA stuff that just came down the pipe like a couple hours ago, which features now seven. Count it. There will be starting next year, potentially, potentially. This is a big potentially, as first reported from what I saw by Adam Schefter, also to Pro Football Talk. Uh, mentioned it. Uh, here's a tweet that Mike Florio sent out that summarizes this whole debate best. If the new playoff structure hadn't been placed this year, the extra wildcard game would have been Steelers at Chiefs and Rams at Packers. Consider that before complaining about it, which Steelers at Chiefs and Rams at Packers, those are two pretty good games. Uh, do I No. Oh, here's what the tweet is. My bad. The number one seed means a hell of a lot more if only the number one seed gets a bye. That's the tweet I was looking for, but at the same time, too, hey, Patriots still play the Titans. Who knows how the Steelers, Chiefs, too, man. Probably no Chiefs could get the upset. No, Chiefs could get upset. The big thing I want to point out right now with the whole potential for a 17 playoff, you know what? People are saying, oh, I don't like it. Oh, I. Oh, let's just see what let's just see what the uh, things are. Stop ruining and watering down the game. Create more money, equal opportunities for themselves. The way I look at this is, I don't see the whole like I don't see anything to do with. Oh, sorry about that. I'm watching NXT two as I record because I can't because I'm not recording on my laptop. What's wrong with more football? We're guaranteed two more playoff games. This is going to make weeks 15 to 17 fucking relevant for squads. And GarageBand decides to work now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, GarageBand literally just opens for me. It took, took forever, but I gave up. I'm sticking to my phone. But yeah, how could you just say no to more football? Think about it too. That in the hunt race is that much more significant now because you're going to have another team in the factor to where you know those teams that could be eliminated by week 16? You know what? This means now that, sure, as much as that Rams-49ers game meant a lot, the following week, even though the Cardinals were out of it already, the Rams-Cardinals games means a hell of a lot more because the Bears, too, were going to be fighting for their lives. So for all we know, we could have had, Bear, like you know, I said earlier, Packers at Rams, or Rams at Packers, and Steel, uh, Steelers at Chiefs. 
If the Bears get in, we have Bears at Packers in the fucking wild card round. So imagine how it's going to work now is they're probably going to do a game at 1 o'clock. They'll do a game at 4 o'clock. Which, hey, by the way, if the Houston Texans can still get their guaranteed 4.30 ESPN Saturday game, I'm all for it. And also, too, we're going to have three games on Sunday. So, yeah, you get three games. Split, split, split. The only tinkering part is that you know there may be West Coast bias, so the West Coast teams are probably going to play at 4 o'clock or 8 o'clock. If, they're, if that is the case. That's the only thing I want to point out. But with this 18 playoff, like 18, 17 playoff, 18 playoff, I think would just be too much. You know what? There's 16 teams. You're also creating equal opportunity, too, like I said, for competitive football, no matter what, even if it's for that one seed. So you know what? The one seed's not decided by week, I don't know, 16. There's still potential for any one of these teams to go and do something. It now means, hey, you get number two seed, you got to play next week. It's not, oh, hey, we get to sit pretty. No, it means you're gunning for number one. This is going to make all those top teams work harder. This is probably going to stop from people getting benched week 17. It's like Phil called, Phil called it. I will give him full credit for this, of the Ravens being fucking rusty come their playoff game. And what happened? They lost in the divisional round. This is It's just going to make for better more. It's going to make for better football. It's going to make for more competitive football. And those week 17 games may go from, like, look, say this year how you had San Francisco, you had New Orleans, and you had Green Bay all in that conversation. That means those Week 17 games, every game is critical because we don't know, hey, who's getting a bye? Just because the Packers won their game and were guaranteed second, you know what that means? That doesn't mean squad. They could still be mad. Why? Because they would play the Rams, and for all we know, hey, the Rams could go into Lambeau and upset the Packers. That's the beautiful thing about playoff football. You don't know what's going to happen. It's not like the NBA or the NHL or even MLB where you play seven games. No, it's one game and you're done. Think about that. That's the only point I want to make with this. Like, it makes it's going to make for better football. It's straight up going to make for better football in the regular season because teams are going to now know, hey, if this does go into effect for 2020, number two seed means fuck all now. Number two seed, it's like I said before, it means you're playing Saturday or Sunday in the first weekend in January. Meanwhile, the one seed's the only squad that can go, eh, we're sitting pretty. So Baltimore and San Francisco could have gone this year. We're sitting pretty. Meanwhile, you're going to get the Chiefs playing a home game at Arrowhead. That first wildcard weekend, and you're going to get a home game at Lambeau. And also, too, it's just going to... The only thing I was thinking about with this is... So you have the three other division winners hosting, and then the... Obviously, I was just... I kind of brain farted there. Sorry, it's been a couple weeks. A little rusty. But you know what? We are getting back into this. Phil and I are going to record the episode very soon. Uh, I'm looking to book some guests right now, uh, just for... Because we got combine talk coming up. we got free agency talk coming up. we got the draft coming up. We are going to... The draft podcast, I'm going to pull all the strings to get as many people as I can. For that draft podcast. And also to live draft reactions. I know it's the postseason. But also to the last week. Like nothing big really happened. Um, the only big thing too that did happen. Actually was yesterday where Drew Brees did announce. He's coming back for the 2020 NFL regular season. Now Drew. Drew. I've never had a problem with the guy. No I'm never saying like. Oh yeah like oh Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Him coming back for 2020 solidifies that there is a very good chance. That the New Orleans Saints. Come the 2020 season, guess where they're going to be? Come February 7th, 2021. Tampa. I'm not out here saying, hey, that Super Bowl's light years away still. That Super Bowl's over 300... Yeah, it'll be 350 days away, I believe, as of today. Because today's February 19th, so 12... 
354 days. Sorry, guys, math is not my strong suit, but I never intended it to be. But, but, him coming back, plus you got Michael Thomas, plus you got Alvin Kamara. The only player I'm not sure about is Jared Cook. You still got, um, you you still got other players. The only thing I think I need for them, and also, too, I was talking to my father about this, because he's a big Saints fan, and he agreed with me. You've got to replace, if they can keep in a healthy offensive line, a healthy front seven, and swap Eli Apple for someone else, potentially Grant Delpit out of LSU, what's stopping them? The only thing that's stopping them from going to Tampa Bay is themselves. Because look, the last three years everyone's going to go, oh, this, 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 this. No, it took a miracle play in Minneapolis. It took an egregious non-call in the NFC Championship game. And it took a potential, probably what looked like offensive pass interference call for them to not go to the Super Bowl. Because if they go to Green Bay, I had them pegged. I had them beating the Packers. I had them setting up a date with the San Francisco 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. Because why do you think Drew Brees would be scared? And also, too, I think this is honestly, Drew wants his second chip and then he's gone. Like how I say Brady wants his seventh, I think Drew wants to get the two. Because it's like I've said this before with Rodgers. I've heard this from many media outlets. The difference between, in your talk, in your legacy stock, from winning one title to two is night and day. You just go from like the twenty you go from like the tenth floor to the twenty-fifth floor. You're gonna get a bigger office with a bigger view. That's a real world comparison. Also, too, with Drew, it's like too, because he knows the road to get there is not gonna be easy. Your division next year is a big there are two huge holes of quarterback. We don't know. We don't know if Jameis and Cam are going to be playing for their respective teams, considering one of them's got a new coach. Who knows if the Atlanta Falcons actually play football next year and they actually do something with their season, or do they just end up sucking again and just piss away their season? Tampa, too. We don't know with Jameis. We don't know if it's Phil Rivers, if they draft. Same with Carolina. Is Justin Herbert the guy? Is Jake Fromm the guy? Do they trade up for Tua? That's something I'm going to get to in a minute. That division, you don't know, but then guess what? You have the NFC where you're going to have Aaron Rodgers. You're going to have Kirk Cousins. I know people are going, oh, it's Kirk Cousins. Minnesota's still a good team. They're an offensive line and a defensive secondary away. I'm telling you this right now. Look, they've got Diggs. they got Thielen. they got Rudolph. they got Dalvin Cook. they got Conklin. they got Irv Smith. Their offensive line needs some work. Their defensive line, you know what? They have guys who can get after the ball. They got Everson Griffin. They got Daniel Hunter. They got, I think it's Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendrick. They got Anthony Barr. They got Harrison Smith, one of the best defensive backs in the league. Trey Waynes. He's a question mark, and Xavier Rhodes is. Xavier Rhodes has to go. The only reason they're keeping him because they do not want to pay him out. This year, too, if I'm also the Vikings, go into this year, prove it. That's what Ziggy Wolf has got to do. He's got to go in there and say to you guys, you know what? You guys have to go out there and prove to yourselves that you're worth money. Zimmerman's in a contract year. Rick Spielman's in a contract year. Kirk Cousins is in a contract year. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be going to San Francisco. Anyone talking, oh, they need to replace Jimmy. They went to the Super Bowl. The only thing I want to see is, do they have a good regular season? Because last year, as we saw... They had some pretty easy teams. Like they play. Let's let's recap. There's. I'm gonna go look. I'm gonna look at this. I'm gonna recap the San Francisco 49ers 2019 season. 
If you cannot hear me, it's because I'm just a little bit away from the microphone. And also, too, I want to look at who they're playing in 2020. I know one of the teams is the New England Patriots. I know that for a fact. But like we say, schedule, or like we say, as we all know, schedule comes out in 2000 and, not 2020. Obviously, it comes out in 2020. Schedule comes out in about two months. Okay, so let's see. Week one, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's an easy win. At the Cincinnati Bengals. At a very banged up Pittsburgh, a versus a very banged up Pittsburgh Steelers. Win. Cleveland Browns, win. Rams, win. Redskins, win. Obliterate the Panthers. You uh, barely beat the Cardinals. Lose to the Seahawks in overtime. Host the Cardinals and also have to escape with a win. Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Rams, Seahawks. There is a lot of teams in there that were not playoff teams. The only playoff teams they played are... Their first matchup against the playoff team was Week 10. Week 10. I'm not bagging on the San Francisco 49ers here. I'm just saying. I want to see what they do. Like Week 10 when they had Seattle. That's all I want to say. Now 2020. Besides the NFC West, they have to play the NFC East, which includes Philadelphia, which... Philadelphia could be back with the Washington Redskins and Ron Rivera. Who knows what they're going to be? Uh, the New York Giants will probably get that's an easy win for them. And then, too, they're at the Dallas Cowboys. If that game is, I guarantee you, I will bet like $1,000 figuratively that that Dallas Cowboy game is 425 on Fox or a Sunday Nighter. I will bet my money right now. That's a classic robbery that they'll just be marking out over. Conference opponents, they play the Green Bay Packers at home, and then they go to the Dome again, and then they play the AFC East. Who knows what Dallas can be. Dallas can be a tough game for them. New Orleans will be a tough game. Green Bay will be a tough game. New England potentially is going to be a tough game too. So that's just one thing I want to point out with them quickly. Um, and also too, now going to the, uh, back to the, so back, that's all my point. But even too, with the NFC West, the Rams are probably going to be back and good. Uh, the Seahawks are right there, especially after adding Greg Olson. And for everybody going, oh, why did the Patriots go after him? My belief is, look, he's a one-year player. He's probably going to be retired after 2020. I think he's just going for a ring. And you know what, too? I think he was... There's people who just don't want the New England way. It's that simple. Like, I guess he just wants to go play for a good team. Especially, too, if Will Disley gets hurt. You know what? Him and Jacob Hollister, that's a great tight end combination, blocking and receiving. And here's the other thing with that team, too. I say this right now. They're, they need to remold their defense, Seattle. Seattle let a little bit... I say the same thing, too, with the Green Bay Packers. Their run defense. Green Bay more than less. Green Bay more so has a bad run defense problem. We saw that get exposed. I I was I heard that game preached by Chris Sims and Mike Florio. I was preaching it after the NFC Championship game when Raheem Mostert runs for 231 yards. You need run defense, Green Bay. Seattle, too, also does need pass secondary defense. Look, the Legion of Boom ain't walking through the door anytime soon, considering one of them plays for San Francisco. One of them, I'm pretty sure, is in prison. And the other two are retired. That being uh, Cam Chancellor and... Oh no, it's Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas is in Baltimore. So yeah, I don't know what you're going to get with guys who are retired. Cam Chancellor ain't coming back, it's like I said, or on another team. That's, that's the whole point of that argument, okay? But if Seattle can strengthen up their pass defense, who says they're not going to be a contender for Tampa? The Arizona Cardinals are coming up. I'm not. They're not going to make the playoffs next year. I think Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be the odd end of the stick. But you know what? The Arizona Cardinals did some good things this year. Like, look, they played. They're going to be, my opinion, they're going to be what the New York Jets currently are. 
they're that team that they're probably not going to be a 500 record team, but they are going to give you a lot of fucking trouble. Kyler Murray, great quarterback. Kenyon Drake, rejuvenated running game. Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, great receivers. Tight ends are a big question. I don't know who their tight end is right now. They need someone. Offensive line, they're really weak too. Their defense, tinker here and there. You got Chandler Jones. You need to add a secondary. You need to add another edge rusher. I like the kid. I think his name's Derek Brown Jr. out of Auburn. I really like him for the Arizona Cardinals fit. Either him or an offensive lineman. And two, you need some help. And also two, they're building. They have one. They have a really underrated secondary, in my opinion, the Arizona Cardinals with Buda Baker and um, Patrick Peterson. Remember, at one point, they had Tyron Matthews. So if they still had that, yeah. Because, like, look, they have a pretty solid schedule, too. I saw it, too. It's the same thing It's like as um, San Francisco, where they host Philly and Washington. They go to Dallas. They go to New York. They go to New But the only difference is, uh, they actually, no, they also do. They host Buffalo. They host Miami. And then they go to New England, and they go to uh, New York. I'm not saying they're going to be good, but you know what? The Arizona Cardinals, I think, are going to give people trouble. That's the only thing I want to say. I don't know also why I have a soft spot for them. I don't know what it is. Something about them just makes them so goddamn likable. I don't know what it is. The only thing, too, going into this year's walls, I got to say, is, too, Steve Kime, you got to have a good draft. If you do not have a good draft and you do, if you strike out, I think you're on the odd end. I thought this year, too, he was going to get canned. But, no. And also, too, the other thing with them, as well, is they do have finally have a good head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. I know they have Bruce Arians, but it's a different team now. We obviously knew Steve Wilk, not the best coach. Option at coach, but Cliff Kingsbury is really gelled in there. When a lot of people were really skeptical about uh, Cliff Kingsbury, myself included, because look, even though he coached Mahomes and Baker Mayfield in college, the Big Twelve's not exactly the best conference in football. It's like when people were saying, uh, people are asking me, like up here, like my girlfriend, my parents, and stuff, who's going to LSU or Oklahoma? And I told them LSU's going to go out there and pound them. Why? Because the Big 12 doesn't know how to play defense. And we saw what happened. Oklahoma got smoked. Um, anyway, on to other teams. In the, and also, to uh, that was my other big thing, like I was saying earlier with the Packers. The Packers need an edge rusher. Need an edge rusher. Their secondary is okay. Their linebacking core is pretty good. You know what? They just need someone out there to, you know what, not have a big run against you. Because, look, you got Jimmy Graham on tight. And also, the other thing, too, is I think they need... You know what they need? They need an edge rusher. They also need a wide receiver. What's this draft class full of? Wide receivers. Or also, too, back to the Arizona Cardinals quickly. I think Isaiah Simmons would be another good fit for them if they can get him. Either Derek Brown Jr. or Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. But with uh, with the Green Bay Packers, it's just when I look at them, I just want to go... You need someone to help Devontae Adams. Because Devontae Adams has a bad game. The Packers don't have a... Unless Aaron Jones has a good game. Like and too, That's the other thing, too. You can't always rely on Aaron Jones. You can't always rely on your run game. It's like when Minnesota relies on Dalvin Cook. They can't get the ball throwing. Dalvin Cook can't get going. They lose games. That's the Minnesota Viking way. Green Bay cannot develop the same mold. Because unlike having Kirk Cousins, you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. you got a guy wearing number 12. you got Aaron Rodgers back there. Shout out to State Farm. Aaron Rodgers is that guy. You know what? Same thing too. He's chasing his second chip. 
He wants that second chip. He ain't resting on one chip. And also, too, considering the fact they haven't had any fucking playoff success since they went to their last Super Bowl. They have the three AFC, the three NFC Championship games. Two of them they got their asses handed to them in. One at San Francisco, one at Atlanta. Then they had the terrible coaching decisions in that game against uh, Seattle in 2015. Or 20, 2014 season, it occurred in 2015. I remember that day mainly because the Patriots whipped the Colts 45-7 to with the... Uh, you caught me. With non-deflated footballs. We'll talk about the Patriots in a minute, obviously, because i got a lot to say. Um, the only other team with the NFC North, quickly, that I want to touch on is the Chicago Bears, which, look at them, I don't know, I, I said this before with the whole need thing. I think, you know what they need more than anything? For Mitch Trubisky to play better and for Matt Nagy to be a man. Call the plays that won you games in 2018. 2019, he was reserved. It cost them. Kicking was a huge question, a huge question mark of theirs. Huge question mark. And it got them nowhere. It got them to a failed season. Another thing, too, I want to point out quickly. That's all I got to say with the Chicago Bears. I think it's more about Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, that dynamic. Because how do you go from coach of the year to winning, I think it was six games? I don't know. Um,. The other team I want to point out quickly is the Detroit Lions, who are in a make-it-or-break-it year with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. Why? You've got a pick that a lot of people are going to be wondering about, wondering what you're going to do. you got a pick where people are going to look at you and go, we can trade you our pick, plus another pick, plus another pick, plus another pick, for third. Because if a team fears that someone's going to move up and take Tua, I'm not saying Tua's going to be Mitch Trubisky, but if you remember the trade that the um, San Francisco not San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears did, 2017 draft, John Lynch got a lot out of that pick for Ryan Pace when basically they were like, oh, we don't know what we're going to do. They ended up getting Solomon Thomas, who is their man. Chicago gave up quite the King's ransom to get Mitch Trubisky at two when they could have got him at three. And also to Detroit's with the draft really I it's the I gotta wonder what they're gonna do. Are they gonna get Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State? Could they go for Tua? I think there's a very good chance you go for Tua. Cause look, I know the injury upside's not exactly the best thing, but you know what? If you go out there if you go out there and draft Tua Tungavailoa and he works out, guess what? You're in a division now where you got Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Mitch Trubisky, and Tua. That's an unstoppable division. That's just a division that's just scary. That's a division where you look at it and you go, Jesus Christ, I don't want to play for that. That's like might be the best, best quarterback class in division in football. And I say that where you have all four quarterbacks are solid. That's just my rant on that. But with that note, when everyone's saying the whole, oh, uh, with the whole stuff with Matt, what happens to Matt Stafford? I'm going to come out and say it right now. If Matt Stafford does, if the Detroit Lions end up trading Matt Stafford or getting rid of him, I would not mind the New England Patriots picking him up if, if Tom leaves. If. And now you're wondering, why am I saying that? Because I have to be realistic about the situation. It pains me and it kills me. 
But I can't go, oh, it's going to be all right. Tom's coming back. I, part of me is doing that. Part of me knows I cannot rely on that with Tom. I got to know that there's a chance that he walks. I got to know there's a chance next year he ain't wearing the colors that I wear every Sunday between the months of September and uh, most years February. I got to know, look, we don't know what's going to happen. We got a month. We got a month of waiting. We're going to know. I think we will know by March. I'm going to say March 12th. I'm going to give it three weeks. I'm going to say by that time, we're going to know whether he's coming back or whether he's going. Because New England, unlike last year when Rob Gronkowski walked March 24th, you cannot... I'm going to say this as a New England Patriots fan, and I'm going to say this as an NFL fan. New England cannot wait because, look, you got, like, Teddy Bridgewater as a free agent. You got Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford potential. Um, ooh, uh, what was I going to say? You just cannot wait because, too late, even too, if we want to go after Teddy Bridgewater, that's the other thing, too, that's with the Saints as well. It's going to be Drew and Taysom. Teddy ain't there in, 20, in 2020. Teddy's not going to be the Saints. But the big, big, big question mark for 2020 for the Patriots is quarterback. But also, too, we've got all these other players where can we keep them? Can we not? Uh, my heart, I've already let KVN, I let Kyle Van Noy go already because I think he's going to want too much money. He's going to end up signing. I think it wouldn't shock me if he goes back to the Lions, but at the same time, too, I feel like another team will come and swoop him and just give him the money and then he kind of regresses. Because that's what happens when you leave the Patriots. Joe Tooney is a guy I would love to sign, but you know what? I don't. I... Joe Tooney is going to be a painful one if he leaves, especially if Tom stays. Because, look, if we can keep our offensive line intact, we have one of the best offensive lines in football. Hopefully, David Andrews comes back and is healthy in 2020. Why? Tom trusts him. Tom, Yeah, that's the thing. Tom and Tom and Dave Andrews are very good friends. So I, uh, there's nothing stopping that connection. The, um, the other players I'm looking at right now, too, is you know how I said the Minnesota Vikings have digs? You know what? If Diggs wants out of Minnesota, hey, Rick Spielman, we'll take him. Uh, Hunter Henry, Chargers. That's the other thing, too, with people saying, when Tom came out and said, I want to be wearing, not wearing a blazer in Tampa Bay next year. I want to be in my gear. And everyone's saying, too, all the LA Chargers have this great team. They don't have a good offensive line. Their secondary minus Jerwin James sucks. And you really expect me to believe they're going to have the money to pay both of them and they're going to want to pay both of them? I don't think that's the case. Because they're going to have to franchise Henry, but then you also you got other players you got to worry about. Uh, Melvin Gordon's got to get paid. You got Even though, too, you do have Austin Eckler and stuff... Him going to L.A., I've said this to people. It only makes sense if he's from L.A. He's from NorCal. So if this was the San Francisco 49ers in the situation, I'd be more worried about him going back home like Kawhi Leonard did with the Clippers. It's home. L.A. ain't home. San Mateo, California is home. More importantly, Boston, Massachusetts is home. Do I want to see Tom Brady in a New England Patriots uniform in 2020? Of course. And like I've been saying for years, when people go, oh, if he retires, um, if the Patriots aren't good anymore, if he's on a different team, will you still root for New England? Yes, I will. And you know what? We will have those conversations if, if he leaves when we get there. But for now, we got a month of worrying. For now, we got a month of me talking to myself in my car when I'm driving about these situations. But now, I have a microphone in front of me, so I look less and less like a lunatic. 
I'm a lunatic on a podcast that I host, that I've had eight episodes of, that I love to do. I love to talk football. You want to hit me up on the DMs at YWC Football Talk on Instagram, Twitter account coming soon. If you want to talk shop, message me at any time. I won't answer usually between the hours of 11 o'clock and 6.45 on weekdays because I have a full-time job. Would I love to make this podcast a full-time job? Absolutely. Will it happen? I don't know, and part of me doesn't think so because I live in a country where the NFL is not the main sport. But I would love to. If you want to to hire me to do this podcast, I will pump out episodes and content all the time. Of course I would do that. Just, I just got. It's like like everything. You gotta be realistic. You can't look at it from the fans' perspective. I look, did that. I'm gonna go to a different sport for a second. Kawhi Leonard. I brought him up a minute ago. I'm gonna bring him up again because when he left Toronto, I always looked at it from the fan standpoint. Of, he's gonna be here. He's gonna be here. He's gonna be here. He's gonna stay. He's gonna stay. We're gonna run it back. When he left, it hit me like a truck. I don't want. I want to mentally prepare myself for that with Tom. Because if he does leave, he leaves. If he stays, he stays. It won't affect the way I live live my life. It won't affect my day-to-day routine. It'll be very heartbreaking and emotional, yeah, because I come on here and say this. He's the reason I watched the NFL. He's the reason I got into the NFL. Everyone has that player. They remember growing up, that was their favorite player. Tom Brady, forever and ever, will always be my favorite football player of all time. He's brought me nothing but pure joy and happiness with his sport. When there's a lot of other sports I root for that have given me a lot of bad memories over my 26 years. Me discovering Tom Brady as a 7-year-old kid and falling in love with the guy and watching him win 6 titles, going to 9 Super Bowls. Even the years we came up short to remember, there was a 10-year stretch where we did not go to a Super Bowl. Or we did not win a Super Bowl. We wanted to. We should have won to. Fuck you, New York Giants. But it didn't happen. But you know what? I didn't say, oh, I'm going to leave. And also, too, I don't have an excuse for, like, oh, why I like Tom. You know what? I watched him. I fell in love with the guy. And I can't explain it. I was neat. I was seven years old. I was seven. I was in Disney with my parents on a bus filled with people from Boston. And my parents say, you were up there cheering with all of them. So because of that, when I was at Disney, that's why I root for number 12. I can't believe I'm getting emotional over this. I just, I don't want to see you go. I don't want to see him go. But if he goes, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. If there is that memorial service, that will probably be the most depressing podcast of all time. Not if they have a 3-13 and season. No, it's the day Tom Brady leaves, whether it's retirement, whether it's this year's free agency. If he walks away on top, it's going to be, you know what? If he walks out on top, like say if he's in New England, Wins in Tampa Bay, wins in L.A., wins in Phoenix, wins in New Orleans. Because, hell, he can play forever how long he wants to. You just keep drinking your kale and avocado smoothies, buddy. However long he plays for is however long he plays for. He's going to be 43. He wants to play at least 45. So that's another two years. So uh, not the New Orleans Super Bowl. He'd just make it to the uh, Phoenix one. Phoenix one in 2023. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Phil and I are going to have a podcast that's filled with Patriots stuff. I just look at it from a standpoint of, you know what? Bill Belichick, add the weapons around him. I also want to see him stay for everyone who hates us. To give you a big middle finger of... You know, that's the other thing too. If he stays, like how I said, if he leaves, it'll be a sad podcast. If he leaves, 
I will be the cockiest son of a bitch you have ever met in your life. I will be. I'll laugh at the enemies. Like John Cena says. Like my co-host Phil says. They hate, let them hate. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Taylor Swift. That's the point I'm trying to get across to you people. That right there. Because look. I can't control what happens. If I did... I would have had him sign to a $60 million deal for two years a week and a half ago. I ain't Bill Belichick. But Bill, if you're anyone from the Patriots listening to this, don't do it for me. Do it for the millions of people who wear your gear. <sighs> anyway, guys, I'm going to end on that note. Also, too, I'm going to end on that note for NFL. I'm going to go to the XFL quickly. I've been impressed so far. It's fun football. I don't want to talk about it too much because I like only watch bits and parts of games. But I've seen, I think, out of the eight games I've seen, I think at least six of them. Six of the eight, but I've seen only bits and pieces. But I've enjoyed it, and I hope it continues. I hope it doesn't fail. That's all i got to say. But more about the NFL. Next time I'm in with Phil, we're going to talk. Probably we'll have a little bit of combine discussions. Guys we want to look at. Guys we're paying attention to. And also, we're going to look at it from a New England Patriot fan perspective of who we want to see play. But anyway, guys, i got to go. Thank you very much for listening to this episode, episode 8. And like Bill Belichick says, you know what, I'm going to say it. We're on to episode number 9. Goodbye, everyone. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.